0: Welcome to episode 11 of the fire the family podcast. This is Nick and like always I want to just thank you so much for clicking on this episode and I hope to uh, broaden your horizons your education and provide you some information uh, regarding financial independence the fire movement uh, and hopefully you can uh, retire early. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about retirement and kind of retirement planning and getting ready for retirement and the fact that 52% of Americans are behind on their retirement savings and we're going to talk about some solutions because there's no sense in talking about a problem if you're not willing to come up with some solutions. Um, Really interesting thought tonight and um, I'm sitting here eating some popcorn. Um, It's Wednesday night uh, at the time of recording this and it's almost Christmas. I love the holiday season. Uh, We put our Christmas decorations up a little soon this year, but you know what? I love it and I'm all about it. So uh, this is actually the first year of us putting Christmas lights up. We've been in the house now for a year, almost a year and a half. Now, uh, the first year when we moved in, money was pretty tight, and we just thought that Christmas lights on the roof was a little bit much. Uh, so this year we went ahead and uh, did that, and I'm super happy, and the boys just love it. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, 52% are behind on their retirement savings, according to a new study by Bankrate.com. 16% say they are right on track. feel they're ahead of where they should be in terms of saving. And 20% of survey participants say they don't know if they're on track or not. That's not good. That's a problem. Why is it a problem? Well, the problem is because Social Security, even if it exists by the time people in my generation, technically the millennial generation, become old enough to retire... By government standards, age of sixty-five, um, Social Security isn't enough. The average, I think, the average social person getting Social Security is gonna get like seventeen hundred bucks a month. Like that's not enough to live on, not even close. And that's a huge problem because what are you gonna do when you have a huge population of elderly that don't make enough money per month to live on? You have a lot of families that have to support their parents. You have a lot of um, you know, health strain on the health healthcare care system you've got a lot of economic you know issues when that happens so i believe that it's our responsibility to educate ourselves and our friends and our family and our students and our kids and uh, you know the next generation that it's important to be self-sufficient and prepare yourself for a time in your life where you're no longer going to be able to work that seems like something that is extremely logical and, you know, we can, we can do that. You know, we, teach, we teach our kids how to drive. They didn't used to know how to drive a car. And they turn 16. Majority of kids learn how to drive a car. It's no different than teaching them the, the ins and outs of paying for a cell phone bill, paying for car insurance, paying for gas. Um, why don't we throw in paying for retirement in there? Um, and, and really driving that point home, I think, is super important. I'm kind of getting into the solutions already, and we haven't really even talked about the problem. The problem, in my opinion, is several has several facets to it. Number one, entitlement. A lot of people, and that's kind of the, the thing against the millennial generation, and I'm sure it's going to be worse in the next generations, is entitlement. The feeling that you don't have to work for the lifestyle that you want or you think you deserve. I think that that is, it's a big problem. I don't think that every millennial has you know, entitlement issues. I'm a millennial and I don't feel like I have entitlement issues. I've had to do an awful lot of work to have what I have. And I realized that from a young age, I was 18. I didn't have any money. I had a college scholarship to go play community college baseball and I was not performing very well in school. I knew I wanted to get married to my wife and who we went to high school together And, you know, I figured out the path to do that and accomplish that. And the path for me was joining the military. I worked awfully, awfully hard to earn the educational benefits that I did. So when I ultimately separated from the military, I could go back to school. School is not easy. I've already said I wasn't doing great in community college. I didn't change when I got out of the military. I just, I had a lot more writing on it. I had, uh, at the time I had one boy. Um, While I was going to school, I had my second boy and when I finished school, about three months later, I had my third boy. So um, I'm not having any more kids, for anyone that's wondering. We are done having kids. We love our three boys, but we don't need any more. Um, so for me, you know, I've worked really, really hard to have what we have. Um, okay, like I grew up with tons of support, family support, um, from a standpoint of I knew that I had family that was willing to help if I needed it. Um, but never did I ask for help financially or in really any way at all. Um, other than the fact that when I transitioned out of the military, we went back to live with my parents for almost a year. And, um, that was kind of a trying time for our family. And I'm sure my parents, um, cause we had a kid at the time. And, um, even then I went and worked at Barnes and Noble the year that I got out of the military, I went back to, I went back to school and I started working at Barnes and Noble for a year until I could, you know, kind of find a better job while I was going to school, um, That's neither here nor there. Um, So entitlement, not really wanting to work for what it is that you have. And the idea that you're going to have to work for 50 years. um, You know, I think that's where this comes from, is that the idea that, hey, I'm I'm 18 years old. I'm going to have to work for 47 years before I can be, I can retire based on the government standards. That sounds terrible. And I think it stems from a, a fact that like, we understand, millennials, I'm saying when I say we, we understand that there's a lot of ways to make money. There isn't just the traditional grab your lunchbox, go to work, you know, work on you know blue-collar jobs, and uh, earn a paycheck. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all, because there is not. <clears throat> and there's going to be a shortage of those jobs in the near future, I feel. And it's super important. And it's great that, that people work those jobs. I was a flight, flight line crew chief. Maintenance. Busted my knuckles with a wrench on KC-135 Boeing aircraft. That was my job. Uh, I did that for three years in active duty, two years in the Air National Guard, um, ankle deep in freezing cold rainwater. We had tornadoes on the flight line, all sorts of stuff. Went on deployment, did the whole thing. Um, Working hard manual labor is respectable. I've never felt more, I say, more fulfilled um, and satisfied at the end of the day than when I was doing that job. Um, But I think that the younger generations, because we have so much access to information and the internet and this this database of just hist- histor- history, historic information, uh, just tons of experiences from all these people around the world. And we can just t- you know tap into it at our fingertips. I think that we realize that it doesn't have to be that way anymore. There's a lot of different ways to make money. The easiest ways, in my opinion, are to go and work for it, you know, um, but a lot of people, you know, try to seek it out other ways. I had a YouTube channel. I had over 3 million views. I had 8,000 subscribers. And I was making like 250 bucks a month. Like, that's not a lot of income. But for like a young person, you know, that's decent. Like, that'd cover gas. It'd cover car insurance. And maybe your cell phone bill. That's good stuff. And a lot of people want that now. There's, a, there's, I mean, I saw today a college degree at Arizona State University, I believe, is where I saw it, for social media management, a bachelor's degree. It's going to get crazy. Colleges are trying to keep up and, you know, have products cuz that's what colleges are. They have products for students to to, you know, to go bring them into the school. So the idea that you have to work for 47 50 years before you can retire, I think a lot of people just don't buy into that anymore. And in the last episode we talked about kind of where that hit where that came from and where it stemmed from. Uh, so go back and listen to that if you're interested in some history, but um yeah, so and there's a lot of ways now that you can invest early in your life and often consistently and actually retire before 65. And that's what this whole thing is about. The whole, my whole website, firethefamily.com. It's about doing the right things early on in life so it doesn't become a burden. Um, and you can do the right things over time. And it never really becomes a thing you have to think about. You just know, hey, I'm taking care of my retirement. Um, that, that's taken care of. Now I can go buy those shoes because I know I've taken care of my priorities. I've, I'm covering my shelter. I'm covering my food. I'm covering my gas in my car so I can get to and from work. Um, I'm also covering my retirement. I spend twenty bucks a month on uh, life insurance, so that if something were to happen to me, my family has money, and um, that's important. And we should do that. The same, by the same token, we should be educating our young people about this stuff. So that's I'll get into the solutions here in a little bit. That's the first one, entitlement. The second one, individual responsibility. It's each person's responsibility, I believe. To save enough money over time to provide for themselves should they desire to quit working later in life. That's, like, it's it's up to you to do that. I don't believe in uh, giving that power to the government to make, to make that happen for you. And why is that? Because the government's failed to put together successful programs that last over time that can be sustainable and provide for, you know, blanket coverage, basically, for the population. They just... I don't trust that they can do it. I've spent time in the government. I've I've been around the red tape. I've watched budgets go down, you know, trickle down to the the lowest level and it's just it's insane. It's ridiculous. It's such a, a crazy system that almost any time things have been given over to the private sector. They've done a lot better and been a lot more efficient, and it's because of the market system. And The market will speak for itself, and will, the cream will rise to the, the top, and the crap will, will shake out. Um, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not something you should give that You shouldn't give the last 40 years of your life over to somebody else at a minimum, whether it's the government or it's anybody else. Nobody else should be responsible for the way that you experience your life between the ages of 65 and whenever you die, which by average, I mean, on average, you're probably going to live into your 80s or 90s. So why isn't that something that you can control in your own life? I believe it is. I believe you should. And I believe it's simple. You start early. You save regularly, not just cash. You don't just want to save cash in a bank account. You want to save money, invest it in something like the total stock market, which is basically the American economy. It's like the 3,500-something stocks that the, the the American economy is made up of. Complete diversification. You can do that now through stocks like VTSAX, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. It's so simple. Super low fees. It's like 0.04, 0.04% expense ratios. Like, come on. You put that money in there in a tax-advantaged, uh, account, like a 401k, a Roth IRA, a 457b, um, whatever account you have access to, really, minimum of a Roth IRA, because anyone can open a Roth IRA, as long as you're, I think as long as you're not a felon, I don't know the, the rules on that one, but that's, you can, if you were to just do a Roth IRA from the age of 18, you're, and you, and you max it out $500 a month, like that's a lot, maxing it out at the age of 18, I understand is a lot, but let's say you could do it, you would probably reach Financial independence, you probably be able to retire earlier than 65. So, I mean, exceptions obviously apply. Um, generally, if you're other an otherwise healthy individual who plans to work for 50 plus years of your life, you're probably you're going to be able to you know follow this stuff and, and make it happen. Uh, the third problem: instant gratification, FOMO, fear of missing out. That is so common. I think it's going to get worse. I grew up with MySpace. MySpace was the hotness when I was like 12, 13 years old. And a funny story is, I actually, there was a thing, a trend that happened before I even knew what a trend was. It was called follow trains. And on MySpace, you would go on and you would join a follow train and they would go around and people, would, everyone would follow each other and you would end up with thousands or hundreds, of, hundreds or thousands of followers at the end of you know going through all of these and following everybody and follow for follow, things that we know now. And I remember getting like, I had like 15 or 20,000 followers on MySpace just from doing this and my mom found out and she was like, she blew up because she's like, do you know this person? Nope, I don't. Do you know this person? Nope, I don't. And I was like, look, I don't know any of these people. And so she saw that as them having you know, access into my life, my personal information, and, and it was not good. I learned at an early age, which is kind of funny because nowadays, if I would have carried that on, that, that desire to have a ton of followers on into Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube and all that, um, and maybe that's why I have the secret, you know, desire to, uh, to build these communities um, like I did on YouTube, uh, but that's funny. Um, anyways, fear of missing out, um, seeing things on social media. Looking at pictures and your friends and your family and um, people that you don't know, celebrities. We have access into people's lives that we've never had before. It's just like, it's just crazy. And what happens is, is these people are curating their feeds. Uh, my Instagram, for example, if you were to go look at it, it's the.nick.french. And it's like the greatest pictures of my life, basically. I'm not going to put things in there that are like my kids crying and screaming and pooping their diapers and, you know, causing a ruckus and destroying the house and breaking things. And, you know, all the negative things that come along, you know, might come along with having a family. I'm not going to post that stuff. Why would I? I'm not going to do it. People don't want to watch it. I don't want to show it. So what people see is that this, like, picture-perfect you know, family that is, um, I'm blessed. I'm so thankful for the family that I have and I love them dearly, Um, but it's not always perfect. And it it would be lying if I said anything different. Um, They only see pictures of me when I'm, you know, looking my best. They only see pictures of my wife when she's all done up and has makeup on and all that stuff. Um, That's just life. That's just how it works. Like, why would we post anything different? So we're creating the society online where it's not real it's not real life um, i I catch myself seeing friends and family or people that I know that are you know they look like the perception is as the that they have something that um that maybe I want in my life or um you know maybe i'm I'm working towards or something and um you know I don't know maybe somebody posts a picture of a really cool uh, motor home they just bought to take their family you know around all the national parks I'd love to do that uh, but what i what you don't think about is the fact that. Statistically, they're probably over leveraged on high interest debt in order to make that happen, and that motorhome probably cost eighty thousand dollars brand new, um, and so that's not a great financial decision. And so you have to think about those things. Um, maybe, you know, the, if you drive down your street, the average person is in, is underwater in debt, and so keep that in mind when you're driving. You know, when you're commuting to work and you drive down through your neighborhood and you see people that have things that you want. Maybe they have a brand new tesla model x well that's, that ain 't cheap that 's like eight hundred and nine hundred dollars a month, so keep that in mind fear of missing out it 's a big one uh, smart advertising that 's another problem uh, never before has human beings had to deal with targeted advertising powered by something like artificial intelligence or ai and it 's a big it 's a big thing i 'm really interested to see what happens in the future near future with AI and artificial intelligence. Google basically uses that in their algorithms and um, it's something that's developing consistently over time, and it's just getting to the point now. And you can tell that it's you can tell that they're they're using advanced AI when um, when things like social uh, things like um, the what, what I'm thinking of SEO um, search engine optimization. Um, when it, we used to be, you could stuff blog posts full of keywords and and do all these little tricks to make uh, the algorithm pick you up and and show you to people and get you organic traffic to your website. Well, now it you don't need to do that stuff. The it's smart enough to to do things that human brains just can't comprehend anymore and that's stuff like um pick up, you know, context and words that might mean a few different things and and really help index your your website so people can, you know, find what they're looking for. Um, and so, smart advertising. I mean, obviously, you pick up your phone and you, you've you've been talking about skateboards for you know some time in a conversation. You go to your Facebook feed or Instagram feed and look. There's ads of skateboards. I don't care what people say. I swear, mine listens to me. I know there's a lot of stuff saying like, oh, we don't listen in, we don't listen to you, but I don't Google some of the stuff. I've never Googled some of the stuff I've had conversations about and then seen that in my in my ad feed, which is it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, never before like human brains have to deal with that. Like we're not just being sold to, but we're being we're being sold what we want and what we talk about every day, right where our attention is. It's just it's crazy and it's it's uh, it's genius uh, from an advertising perspective, but it's terrifying from a consumer perspective. Um, what we have to do to protect our wallet and what we have to do to protect our our, our money, our income. Um, you know, they, want, they want that money. As soon as it hits your bank account, they want you to spend it. They don't want you saving it. They don't want you investing it. They want you spending it on their products. And it's only going to get worse. Student loans. This is the last of the problems, I promise. So I believe student loans are a problem. Um, and just to go back to the problem, being behind on retirement savings. So student loans, that should probably be at the top of the problem. But um, yeah, going into deep debt, extreme gross debt, to get a college degree is the most insane thing people do. Not, I mean, on average, you probably are in student loan debt. I mean, if you're not good on you, if you are, it's not the end of the world. But I can almost guarantee that it didn't turn out like you thought it would, I should say. There's very few degrees out there that pay you enough each year coming out of college comfortably pay that back and still um, have the quality of life that you think you, you would have at that age. Um, getting ready to buy a home, get, you know, having a vehicle, a uh, reliable vehicle, saving for retirement, starting a family, um, you know those kinds of things. But what's happening is people got student loans, $100,000 in student loans to get a psychology degree when it takes three psychology degrees before you can be an actual clinical psychologist. Um, people um, are going to school for now, and, and that sounds like social media marketing. You know, schools giving degrees on that. It's just, it's insane that people would spend money to go, especially to go out of state or to go to a private school because they're going to get a better education. Um, school doesn't th- school doesn't prepare you to work in the workforce. It just doesn't. And I understood that when I went back to school. I went back to school because it wasn't just about me anymore. It's about my family. And I understand the way society works and the fact that they the fact that you have a degree makes you more employable. Statistically, you're going to earn more over your career. You're going to probably have less barriers into getting a job. And I didn't want to work manual labor anymore. So for me, getting a degree was was what I had to do. Um, and I got an MBA because that was a, a life goal of mine that I, I decided on when I was in my early twenties and I did it and I'm, I'm stoked that I did it. Um, but it didn't really change anything for me. I've, I got a couple promotions at my current workplace, uh, before that, or while I was working on the MBA and, um, I'm glad I went to school but I didn't go into debt. I actually got paid. I actually got paid to go to school. And that's a long story uh, with the military educational benefit, the post 9-11 GI Bill. I got paid to get a bachelor, bachelor's and my master's um, to the tune of like $1,200, $1,300 a month every month while I was going to school. And my tuition was paid for. And this is like, it's the best, the best path. If you want to go to college and you want to get a little life experience and travel at the same time or, or, or um, you know one after the other, military, man. I went to the Air Force I got to travel, I, I went to school while I was in and earned my associate's degree. I got my bachelor's when I got out. I got my master's when I got after that. And uh, I got, I made an awful lot of money doing that. Uh, and also including financial aid. I also got financial aid to go back to school. Um, so student loan debt. There's a, a million ways to get to go to college without student loans. Maybe not a million, but there's a couple. You can start at a community college while you live with your parents. Um, I don't know any, hardly any parents that would um, that would say no to you if you said, "Hey, I'm going to go to school to community college, and I'm going to save money while I work. Uh, maybe I'm going to serve tables um, and save tips and stuff. I'm going to pay my way through college, get some scholarships as well. Maybe play some sports or something, or you know, play a music instrument or, or do something um, to get a scholarship as well. And then I'm going to get a direct transfer associates, go to." go to the local branch campus of my university, which is like half the price. You don't have to pay for a room and board. You can get a roommate at that time, move out of your parents' house or stay living with them. I don't know your situation, um, but you're already way ahead um, of of the pack and uh, you're likely to get financial aid um, at that point. So um, that's stuff to think about. There's um, what At the end of the day, what you need to do is say, hey, what are my goals? I don't know if you've heard of SMART goals, but specific, measurable, actionable um, reasonable and time bound I might have messed one of those up but smart goals you find out what your goal is and you work backwards I want to go to college well how can I pay for it um, I got to pay for it um, what degree am I going to get and then you just work backwards well what degree are you going to get well what kind of career do you want um, and for me I had family members in sales and uh, they made an awful lot of money like twice as much as what people coming out of college were making and so that's that's the route that I went so I got three college degrees and I don't use any of them so it's neither here here nor there So let's get into solutions. So uh, what are some solutions? I've already talked about some solutions that I think would be reasonable um, to uh, get people on track to retirement. It's really just education, financial literacy. People don't understand how money works. People don't understand the importance of it. People are afraid of it. Um, People are slaves to it. So um, we need to start with our our young people. So in order for me to teach my kids about finances and how to work with money and how money can work for them, I need to know about it myself. I need to know the basics. So whether that's like taking a course online, whether that's just reading, whether that's Googling or um, watching some YouTube videos, Uh, it took me, I've been studying this stuff since I was 20. I was always really interested in it. I read the book, The Intelligent Investor when I was 20, 21 years old. And uh, it's one of my favorite books of all time. And it's by Benjamin Graham in the early 1900s. And it's just a really comprehensive uh, book on on investing and uh, what things to think about and, and and approaches to take. And it's really timeless. Um, but that's what you got to do. You got to learn about this stuff. People sit, you know, you're gonna go on Netflix and watch eight seasons of uh, of whatever TV show. You can spend some time learning learning this kind of stuff. It's it's more important. Um, so I want to teach my kids how to grow into adulthood with. Uh, with a basic understanding of financial concepts like saving, investing, ROI, return on investment, um, and compound interest. Um, but if you could teach your kids that stuff, oh my goodness, they are so far ahead, um, it's not even funny. So if you don't understand those concepts, you, know, you, can, learn some, you can learn about return on investment in a, a day, a weekend. Take a Sunday, Learn you and your wife, or you and your son, or you and your daughter. Learn about return on investment. What is it? It's the amount. It's it's the investment that you make, and the potential that 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 investment will will make back for you. So if you invest $100 and you're going to make $150, your ROI is $50. Um, it's not that difficult. You just learned it. <laughs> so um, it's it's something that I think we need to make a priority in society and and you know make it happen. So an average American spends 28 minutes a day on Facebook. Get off Facebook. Take a month and say I'm going to. I'm gonna go off Facebook for one month, and I'm gonna learn some stuff. I'm gonna learn some financial uh, literacy. Um, start saving and investing young. So here's another solution. So you learn by doing. A lot of people, you know, will say, "Well, I'm just not that smart. Uh, I'm not book smart. Um, I don't like reading." And I really, I really do. I like reading things, and then I like applying them. Um, but some people just like to do. So start small. Open up a brokerage account. Take a hundred dollars and buy some stock by a mutual fund, by VTSAX, the Total Stock Market Fund through Vanguard. <clears throat> and get started. That's the only way you're going to learn. You'll learn what dividend yield is, what um, you know, basically money you earn from owning shares of a company. Companies take free cash and ca- their cash flow and they pay it out. To investors, rewarding them for owning their company. A lot of big companies that aren't growing so much anymore will reward investors by paying them a dividend. It's important to know what that is, um, but you know the best way to learn, in my opinion, is to just do it. What's 100 bucks? You're not going to lose it. You buy a total stock market index fund with 100 bucks. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and it's gone. So, uh, it just doesn't work that way. Um, let's see. So, um, yeah. So think about this. If you started. If you started with investing for retirement, and we're talking about long-term, long-time horizon, you're going to invest for 30 to 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We're not day trading. We're not swing trading. We're not buying and selling stocks every month. We're not even looking at it to buy and sell anything quarterly. We might readjust some stuff yearly, maybe every six months. Uh, Maybe we just don't touch it ever. Um, That's kind of the way it works. So there's two scenarios that I thought of bob we got bob and he learns about financial independence early on in his life either from his parents or through his own you know desire to learn he dabbles in day trading like i did early in his 20s sure that he can beat the market he maybe found some guru online or something that promised he could you know you know earn earn crazy amount of money he loses ten thousand dollars by the age of 24 the day that he turns 25 bob decides he's had enough He wants to take a different approach, so he contributes $500 a month into a Roth IRA. He invests in a low-fee index fund, like VTSAX, that averages an 8% return over 30 years. That's the average for the S&P 500, roughly. The slow and steady approach. By the age of 65, Bob will have about $1.6 million in his retirement account. If he decides to retire at the age of 65 and withdraw 4% a year, the safe withdrawal rate he will have about $64,000 a year or $5,300 a month in retirement. That's how it works, right? So you have a certain amount of money. You withdraw a certain amount, like 4% per year, which will give you a reasonable assumption that 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 retirement account will last for the next 30 years. That plus any Social Security benefit that he may have. Assuming that he just contributes $500 a month, regardless of income growth, he will have $5,300 a month. That's a great retirement. If it's just you and a significant other, 5300 bucks is great. You can do a lot on that. Scenario B. Bob doesn't learn about the importance of retirement savings and compound interest until later in life. Maybe he heard about it from a friend, or maybe he learned about it at a young age and decided it wasn't for him. Maybe he had a fixed mindset, meaning that he just doesn't believe it's something that he can learn. Um, and if you're part of this community, you have a growth mindset. It means that you feel like you can learn anything if you put in the the time to learn it and, uh, the hard work to, uh, to execute. Um, it's not until his 40th birthday that Bob realizes he is not going to be able to work forever. Maybe his body's getting beaten down. Maybe he's working construction or he's on the road crew or something. And he just realizes, Hey, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. I better start saving for retirement. So at the age of 40, if Bob, follows the same strategy as scenario A, he would only end up with about $473,000 in retirement. This would only allow him to withdraw about $19,000 per year or $1,575 a month. I don't know about you, but you can't do much on $1,500 a month, even, with social, even if there's Social Security. Yeah, you'd maybe make it out about 3000 a month with Social Security. It's just not, that's just not the life that I want to live. Um, If 40-year-old Bob wants to have $1.6 million in retirement, he would need to contribute about $1,700 per month into his retirement account. So um, scenario B, Bob, he realizes at the age of 40 that he wants to retire at the same level that scenario A, Bob, wanted that he retired at. So he would need to contribute $1,700 per month into his retirement account. That's hard to do. That's a lot of stress. Uh, at that point, that's a lot of sacrificing to, to do in your 40s um, and just a lot of fear going on probably You know, with that. Um, instead of enjoying the prime of his life, traveling and experiencing, building relationships, he's working his fingers to the bone trying to catch up on retirement. And I know too many people that have, are doing that or have done that or had to do that or had to think about doing that. And it, it's tough. Um, so think about how much easier it is to just take $500 a month at the age of 24 and, in, and invest that in a passive income uh, low fee index and, and passive income passive low fee index uh, fund and and get to retirement. You know, um, I think that's I think that's the route. We need a culture shift. I think times are changing. I think the pendulum is going to swing and the internet provides us unlimited information, like I talked about, and people are beginning to harness the power of, of this information and learn things way younger than people have ever learned in the past. Whether that's internet forums, websites, videos, um, through word of mouth, I think, I think information is, is way too accessible these days for young people not to, not to harness this and, and learn this stuff. Um, and you, th- you see things like the fire movement or um, just repackaging of um, different personal finance topics. Um, you see that catching on and it's really exciting because that tells me that these new generations are are really getting getting a hold of it. My hope is to plant the seed of, of a question. So I hope that um, my goal is that either you or yourself or a young person or you share this with a young person in your life. Um, And that seed is planted. When uh, I was a high in high school, um, my language arts teacher, um, he's also like my leadership teacher and a basketball coach. He, all he talked about all the time was if you're going to learn one thing from my class, it's get a get a Roth IRA and put money in it every month. And that always stuck with me. I was always really interested in stocks and stuff. Never knew much about them as a young person, but. That was something that i I, th- I thought was really cool and really interesting, and because of him and because he planted that seed that grew into what you see today and it grew into just a life that I would have never um would have never thought I'd have um, so talk about finances <clears throat> another solution is to talk about them open up you know your financial communication with your wife or your spouse or anyone in your family start talking about money, maybe not all your personal information with extended family or your kids and stuff, but start just talking about it get to know it learn it. Um, talk about concepts, strategies, statistics, historical performance, goals, dreams, uh, where you see yourselves in three, five, ten years. Teach simple concepts to your kids. Um, teach your kids about investment. What is an investment? My seven year old you know knows that our house is an investment and our cars are not. Um, he knows those things. Those things are important and they're simple. Stop pushing student loans. Do not tell your kid to take out a student loan to go to college. Don't do it. If they want to make that decision for themselves, let them do it. Um, that's their life. Maybe, maybe teach them some stuff. Maybe give them some some wisdom. Um, unless they're going to be a doctor or they have a plan to earn that money back. Maybe, maybe be a lawyer even to earn that money back uh, in a reasonable amount of time and actually apply that to their student loans. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Student loan debt's crippling Americans. That sounds like a headline. And it's the it's the fault of of the parents. It's the fault of the parents. Thank goodness I, I asked my parents if I could go away to school. I thought I was going to go to um, a state college out uh, away from home, uh, and they they essentially said no. Um, I was upset. I probably hated them for a little while, but I am so thankful that they didn't let me do that. Um, and shame on shame on parents, educators, employers government for allowing it, encouraging it, and and gatekeeping those that um, didn't do it. Americans just don't understand that student loans are dangerous until they start making payments. It's so simple to just sign a few documents and, uh, you know, all of a sudden have this money and, you know, your school feels like it's free until you graduate and your student loan repayment kicks in and you take a student loan out of $100,000 or more to get a degree that's going to earn you maybe $40,000 a year it's just the math doesn't work and we we need to know that going into it if you still if you know that information and you still get a student loan then that's you know that's your prerogative like that's it's up to you but we need to do a better job educating people before they do that so in summary it's kind of been a long-winded episode but uh basically you know retirement savings are a major problem and we should just improve our collective financial literacy we can uh, maybe not solve or cure the problem but we can we can help people get on track to, to retire. It's, it's something that we need to take care of at a young age. Um, one of the reasons that we work, one of the main reasons we work, aside from the social connectiveness, the feeling of um, you know, the, the, the self-worth aspect, the identification that we have with jobs, we work to retire. We, we live to work to retire. Um, that's why employers offer 401ks. That's why they offer retirement benefits. Um, But we can take control of this ourselves and we can push the timeline up. We don't have to wait until we're 65 and somebody says, you've made it, you can retire. We don't need that. What we can do is take the power into our own lives. We can invest early and often. We can start a budget. We can increase our income, decrease our expenses, invest the savings rate that we have, save 20, 30, 40 percent, maybe more than that, of your income, invest it in Uh, low fee index funds like VTSAX. You don't have to be a genius to do this Um, and do this consistently over time. Earn your 8% average uh, return from the market. You're going to have recessions. You're going to have downturns in the market. You're going to have bear markets. Invest, keep investing. Uh, Maybe invest a little more when that happens. Who knows? Do this over time and run the formula. I have a fire calculator on my website. They're all over the internet. You can download them. Mine's free. You can download the Excel sheet. Run the numbers. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And are you on track? We need to know these things. This should be a, a, a as, as important as getting a yearly physical. We should have a yearly financial physical. And um, if it wasn't so darn expensive to have financial planners, uh, we should meet with people like that on a on a yearly basis. So um, you know that's why people like me exist. Is that I'm not a financial planner. I'm not an expert, um, but. The math is there, the knowledge is there, and exists, and I'm just basically the vehicle that um, is presenting it to you, um, and it's it's up to you to take hold of it. Um, feel free to come to our website, firethefamily.com. I've got tools, I've got instructional,s I've got a uh, fire calculator, fire flow chart, you know, you know f- chart your f- chart your uh, your steps to financial independence. Um, it's a lot more in depth than the baby steps to, from uh, good old Uncle Dave Ramsey. Um, uh, you have a money marriage checklist that you can download. It's just a checklist of financial topics for you to talk with your spouse about. It's great. It's great stuff. Uh, we've got some resources. Um, we've got an ebook that I'm working on. That's, uh, hopefully going to launch early 2020. I'll give it to you for free. If you just give me your email in there and just sign up for it. So I know who to send it to. Um, not looking to make a ton of money off of my audience. I'm just, I'm looking to provide the information. And if I can help people, uh, do what my language arts teacher helped me, uh, do when I was in high school, um, then, then I'm, I'm super thankful. I got a bunch of books on the website. I got some apps that I use and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm here to help you guys. I'm here. Um, I want to build, to build this community and, and really be a part of it. I'm super active on Twitter, um, at fire the family and, uh, come and see me. You know, let's, let's get to know each other. Uh, I want to learn your, your, your fears, your worries, your problems um and i want to help you I want to help you solve them. so we've got a bunch of educational content on the website um, dealing with family investing uh, the fire movement specifically financial independence retire early budgeting um, education topics, going to college and stuff um, so yeah, so thank you so much for spending time with me again tonight and I look forward to uh, to doing this again so have a great uh, have a great night a great day whatever day you're listening to this in your commute uh, maybe in an airplane on your bike running. Uh, exercising, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, Thank you so much.